Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. In for Bill today. In for Bill the rest of the week as we move forward into a full football weekend. Both Wisconsin teams playing uh, games you expect them to win. And in both cases, they better win or else next week could get a little rough on these airwaves and elsewhere. There are some Twitter polls up, our topics of the day, the general thoughts on this Wednesday. Do you feel better, the same, or worse about the two losses from the prior weekend? First, the Packers, 54% weighing in again at Benzie Kenny, that they feel the same, 54% there. 27% say they feel better, around 18 and a half say they do feel worse. I personally, as I've expressed, feel a bit worse, especially when it comes to the offense and what they have to figure out there. When it comes to the Badgers, many feel the same uh, and worse. Not many feel better about the loss now looking back at it. So we'll get back into all of that. We'll talk Packers Bears a bit coming up. But first, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur met with the media today. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Good afternoon. How you doing? Good. Should I give you the Brian Kelly right now? Tell you coming in on time? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be out there. Uh, we'll see when we get out there. Add it with the. Uh... With the Bears having a whole changeover with coaches and stuff, is it hard to get much of a read on them when their first game is in the conditions that it was? I mean, the whole sloppy field and everything they had to deal with. I mean, how, how much can you get from that? Uh, I think there's a lot to get from it, but at the same time, I mean, those conditions were, uh, I don't know if I've seen it rain that hard before. And um, to see all the freestanding water on top of the field, you don't see that very often. So, um, you know, but there's there's a lot of elements that I think carry over and uh, that provide value. But, you know, to say how much did they change some of their techniques defensively or offensively, uh, some of the scheme based on those conditions, I'm sure some of that was affected. What you see, when you see Justin Fields on tape, what he did Sunday in the rain and also in the preseason, where's the biggest weight he's grown from when you all saw him last year? Yeah, I think he looks more decisive out there, and I think that's a natural progression, obviously. Um, and I know Luke Getze very well, a guy that I have the utmost respect for, and I know he's a damn good coach, and so I'm, I'm sure he's really helped his growth. And I thought just the resiliency he showed, that's a, that's a tough football team. We know uh, in terms of, of not only Chicago, but the San Francisco 49ers, and I mean, they battled them and, you know, were more physical than San Fran. And uh, to show that resiliency and then at the end of the game, some of the plays that he made off schedule and, um, you know, he had a big, obviously, the off schedule play to Pettis. Then he had had EQ on uh, the short yardage situation. So I thought there was a lot of good things that he did in the game. But But most importantly, especially for young quarterbacks, it's just staying resilient, and he definitely did that. Obviously, we, we know about the drop. We talked about the drop in the first play of the game. But as a whole, what did you think of Christian and Romeo and their debuts? Yeah, I thought there was a lot of good things that they did, and there's certainly going to be uh, 
learning lessons along the way. We know that uh, that that is uh, kind of par for the course for most young players. And um, but I'm confident th- those guys are going to continue to get better. And there's a lot of like a lot to like in terms of what they did. I thought just the effort that they showed and, and the willingness to block and um, you know just be in the right place at the right time and you know we just got to continue to work with them and certainly I I've, I don't think anybody in that locker room's lost any confidence in either one of those guys so I think if anything we've gained more confidence because I think anytime especially when you're talking about Christian you have a opening play like that it's it's how do you respond and I never got the feeling just looking at him throughout the course of the game where you know, that was weighing on him. So he, he flipped the script pretty quickly, and that's what you have to do in this league, and I was proud of him for that and, um, you know, looking forward to his next opportunity to come up with the play. Is there, is there one thing specifically that you look for at a rookie at, at that position to, to show you that it's not too big for them at this stage? Well, I, I think it's a lot just the interaction, demeanor, and what you see th- – you know, and just basically your interactions with them throughout the course of a game, and are they able to stay focused and continually execute their job and really know what to do and do it with great effort and not back down? And so that's what I really liked what I saw from those guys. Matt, obviously, but you stack plays and you have multiple motivations for stacking plays the way you do. But you got those guys a couple of reverses um, in the middle part of the game and then the, the latter half of the game as well. Do you think those plays are important to get them those easy touches, those touches to kind of really get them in the feel and rhythm of the game? How, how much was that an intentional moment for you? Well, I think any time in the past game especially, you, you n- never quite know exactly what coverage a team may or may not play. And certainly coverage the majority of the time dictates where the ball goes. So I, the way we looked at it was it was – pretty easy ways to ensure that the ball is in their hands. I think that they have that playmaking ability. They've got great speed and uh, the ability to make people miss. And so to your point, it was just more or less try to get them easy touches and uh, see what they can do with it. And I thought both of them on, on those plays did a nice job. I thought he did a really nice job. Obviously, there was one play where he got beat pretty quickly uh, in pass protection, but I thought all in all, I thought he competed. I thought he he knew what to do, and you could tell the moment wasn't too big for him. So uh, I thought he did a really good job in there. See, having faced a Matt Eberflus defense when he put the Colts, how would you describe it? Well, the one thing that shows through is their identity in terms of their style of play, how hard they play. you know, how, how physical they are. They attack the football. I don't think it's, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's very sound football, and, and they get all the necessary ingredients in, or, in order to have a great defense. And it, it starts with guys flying around, giving, giving great effort. And I think that's pretty indicative of that football team when you watch across the board. I mean, these guys, they're an effort-based team, and you can see it. It shows on tape. And I think anytime you have that, I mean, that's recipe number one. Is that Tom in the running for a starting job this week with how he played? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that's going to be a, something that we're going to look at game to game.
Dad, what did you think of the camp that Caleb put together to kind of earn that opportunity now to, to join the 53? Yeah, Caleb did a nice job, and, um, you know, the opportunity presented itself, and he got rewarded for it. Man, when you look at this rivalry in general, I understand the, the basic pipe videos and hit lists are probably gone, but is the rivalry significant to you? Is, is it important that it's significant to the players that they need to know about it, or is it more focused on the actual opponent and being a, a North Division game? Yeah, I think that, that for us is priority number one, that it's a North Division game. I think it is, it is a great rivalry, though, and you can feel the energy when you go in the, into the stadium. The fans love it, um, but certainly the fact that it's a North opponent is, is absolutely critical and a team that is one game up on us right now. So um, this is, a, this is a, definitely a, a very, very, very important game for really for both sides, but especially for us. I think it's going to be game by game and just when he gets those opportunities he's going to have to maximize them in, in order to get more and uh, unfortunately he didn't get any of this last game and um, but I think you know it's it's definitely going to be week to week. Are there ways to use him when I know we talked to a lot on Sunday and Monday about wanting to get your running backs more touches are there ways to use him in that role a little bit more, knowing that you want to get 33 and 28 more touches? Potentially. Again, game to game. When you came here from Tennessee, how much did you keep the same language in your playbook and your concepts? I'm thinking about what Luke is doing as he endeavors this thing with Chicago. Is it? I, I, th I think every time you go somewhere, you, you always, especially when – um, it might not be totally yours. You always think about things you would change. So I'm sure he's he's changed quite a few things, um, you know. But I don't know. We haven't really talked uh, X's and O's since he went there. So, um, but yeah, you always want to put your stamp on it. And in terms of if there's an easier way for you to articulate whatever it is you want, and um, so you know that that happens wherever you go. Yeah, I think he's done as, as good a job as we could possibly expect. And, um, you know, there's there's certainly he's always hard on himself. And um, I know there's a couple plays that he certainly would like to have back. And just like there's some place calls that I would like to have back as well. That's just uh, it happens every game. Right. So. Um, but I think he's he's done a great job of, you know, demanding the urgency from those young guys, yet putting an arm around them as well at the same time. Because we know that there's going to be a learning curve. That 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 is, um, you know, you just you can't expect it otherwise. But hopefully, we continue to grow and and get better each and every game and. Uh, you know, the bottom line is we just gotta we gotta do a better job of obviously taking care of the football and and not putting ourselves in a position to get in a hole. Uh, one thing, you know, just stressing the importance of of being consistent down in and down out because you can have a few good plays, but all it takes is one one play to set you set you back on a particular drive, and then next thing you know, you're in third and long, and third and long in this league is tough to come by. So. 
Um, we're going to continue to preach that, just play it one play at a time and, you know, take what take whatever it is uh, that the defense will give us. Miscommunication breakdowns uh, in game, one of the best ways to fix communication issues? Well, hopefully you don't have those. Hopefully you can um, – that kind of takes care of itself out on the practice field. But certainly, yeah, that's part of it. And unfortunately, you never want to have it in game because then it's it's after the fact. So I think that's part of our job as coaches is making sure that we try to get in front of any issues. Certainly there's going to be stuff that comes up. It does whether you win or lose. So, But um, you just always are trying to stay one step ahead so it doesn't – it's not – critical errors that get you beat. What did you think of what you got when uh, Dylan and Jones were on the field together? Did you get kind of the looks that you were expecting to get? Did you, were you happy with the production? Yeah, I thought, you know, I thought there was, I don't know exactly how many plays we had. It wasn't very many. I don't, I don't believe so, five or so. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I'd have to go back. I'm trying to roll the deck some real quickly in my head right now. Um, to, to tell you exactly how we did. I know a couple of them we threw run alerts on. Um, but so, but. Are you limited just because they're the only two backs on the team? Well, I think we're mindful. I wouldn't say limited, um, but you don't want to wear them out. And then certainly if you have a huge package and then something happens to one of those guys, then that package goes bye-bye and there goes half your offense or whatever, however big of a package that is. So. Uh, I think you got to be mindful of that, and it just kind of is a, a little bit of a feel thing in terms of where we are in, within a game. But uh, certainly having those two guys on the field, I think, presents some problems for for uh, a defense. I didn't talk to Ed Donatell after the game and ask him, but uh, and I haven't asked any other guys. But I would think they're two of our better players. I think it's well known. I think everybody recognizes that, and they have they're versatile. Like you can use them. Whether whoever you want to put in the backfield, whether you put them both in the backfield, whether you put one at receiver, um, they they provide us with some flexibility to to do a little little different things from an offensive perspective. Which I think the more you do that, where it's simple for you as as an offensive player or within your scheme, it creates just another level of issues for the defense. It's just more for them to prepare for. And I think I think that's where it can kind of compound on a defense and, and just get a little bit more difficult. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, have a good one. There he is. That is Matt Lafleur meeting with the media. I now have a new drop on my drop board that I will newly debut when we come back from break. I would like to thank Matt Lafleur yeah. for finally thinking of the radio producers uh, statewide, nationwide for the, the gift that he just gave me. But Grant and I will react to what LaFleur had to say about the team, kind of about Sunday, about moving forward. And something he said about the Bears, I really want to touch on, and we have not touched on it yet today. All of that is next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Certainly, if you have a huge package, then that package goes bye-bye and there goes half your offense. So whatever, however big of a package that is. That's what it was? Oh, yeah, Grant. That is Matt LaFleur. 
What did you think it was going to be? I thought maybe, I thought that's maybe what it was going to be. That's funny. You, just, you can't let that fall into the hands of the children that occupy this network from 6 to 10. Uh, I will not. I will note that I might be included um, in that child description when it comes to finding good drops. But I, I mean, that is just a gift from, from the radio producer gods right there. I don't think you understand that most of my drop board has to do with this. Certainly, if you have a huge package. Come on now. <laughs> what did you think it was going to be? Yeah, I. that's a good drop. Now, sometimes it used to be McCarthy, especially would address Bill Huber by name. Oh, and oh, Bill yes. used to have some drops. Rogers do you have any did. of those? Uh, well, Rogers has addressed Bill Huber by name. Thank you, oh, Bill Huber, for this. Actually, this happened after the game on Sunday. I'm, I'm not sure, Bill. I wish I had the answer there. That's a good one. <laughs> Man, I don't I don't have that many drops. I have this one that I enjoy. Smoking pot. <laughs> which is Bill himself. And I don't remember where that came from. And then he has his hose out. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Clemens for that one too. Yeah. But he was talking about a, a physical, you know, hose. Uh Malifor's press conference. Your thoughts? I just, I think he feels like his players need to deal with their own issues. When he's asked about fixing mental errors and execution and focus and energy, I think Matt LaFleur basically said, well, we'll see. These guys got to work it out. That's something they got to figure out. I I can't light a fire under all their cans and, and motivate them. These guys are grown men. So don't ask me. It's on them. That's kind of what I heard. Yeah. I mean, he said about the secondary communication breakdowns that we saw on Sunday, you hope to work it out on the practice field. It's undeniable that some of those things are worked out in the preseason at least. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I assumed at least whoever asked the question knew that answer and then wanted to, you know, I, and it's an answer from LaFleur I expected to get, but sitting back and looking at it from the outside stuff in the preseason, that would be a, would be figured out. The first thing, I, a completely unfunny joke about Brian Kelly in the beginning. Uh, those moments are so awkward when people try to make jokes. Like the whole yeah, Kelly but, situation uh, was awkward as hell, and people made too big of a deal of it. It was they, people were trying to be funny and they weren't. So that was right off the yeah. bat. The second, the don't biggest. Tell, by the way, don't tell the Packers beat when something isn't funny. They, they, I mean those those guys love to laugh at everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, everything. And listen, yes. I, I like Matt LaFleur a lot. I don't mean this as a slight, but it is objective that the humor expressed on the podium isn't that comical, generally. And that isn't and yet, a slight. It's we just hear laughing. objective. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Uh, the biggest thing to come from all of that, we haven't touched on it yet. We talked about the monsoon in Chicago. The Bears field is the biggest joke of a operation, the biggest joke of a collection of grass I've ever seen in my life. Soldier Field stinks. Bears fans will tell you that it stinks. Did you see the sideline? Yeah, that was before the game, before it started raining, before any of that happened. It was just cockeyed as heck. It looked like someone high on something decided to... it, It looked like someone just insanely drunk, tried to walk in a straight line. And we know how that normally someone, goes. You know, was a uh, smoking pot. Ah. You know, something like that. Yeah. See? Good one. Good one. 
Good one. Thank you. <laughs> um, the rest of the stuff, I mean, it was, it was LaFleur. Uh, he did talk about easy completions for the offense and Rogers did find a lot of easy completions. It's just like, is that what your offense is going to be? What we saw on Sunday, you know, like I, I'm a big fan. You, you want to get things going. You want to get the easy completions out. I would like to see the wide receivers included in those. They, there were a couple really impressive screens. One of them, I believe it was to Romeo Dobbs. But if you're talking about quick ways and easy ways to get the ball out, all of them came on checkdowns to the running backs, which is going to work. But, you know, teams will hone in on that. You need to develop something on the outside with someone. Yeah. I brought up on uh, last night's show to a caller. I think it was Mike in Windsor. And we were talking about how we're a lot of connections with wide receivers, a lot of running backs and a few of the tight end. And I remember the Chiefs. This might have been back in like 2013, 2014, when it was the Alex Smith Chiefs. Or it would have been later than that, because I think whatever, it doesn't matter. Remember when the Chiefs had that unreal streak of touchdowns not to wide receivers? Yep. Do you remember that? Two years. Yeah, it was like or two years one year. without throwing or whatever it was. That offense was good still, and that Chiefs team was good, but there was a ceiling on that team, right? Yep. Like you need to be able to utilize the over-the-top wide receivers. You can move the ball with running backs. You can, you can kind of get by, but if you want to be an elite team, you need to involve your wide receivers. So that's the team that I thought of. 877-867-1670. I'm with you there. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? I'm back. Oh, what's up, Z? All right. So you guys were talking about how Soldier Field is a dumpster fire. Yes. I just came up with this random thought. You know how we say, like, Green Bay is, like, kind of one of the Mecca's, one of the last standing stadiums that we all love and stuff like that? Yep. They have they have the heated field. You know, the, underneath is there's tubes and water, and it keeps the field heated so it doesn't freeze up as bad. Yeah. Could you see baseball stadiums adapting that like especially like in minnesota or like white Sox or the cubs i mean because we always run into this problem in april that sometimes there's still those late snowfalls could you see a baseball stadium doing that hmm. that is the a terrific question do i don't know the Bears i should just put some drains in their stadium they definitely should not to get on a golf tangent but they put in bermuda grass which in golfer nut job lingo is the type of grass they play on in Florida a lot. And it means yep. uh, it's, uh, it's very different to play off of than a lot of your other types of grass seen in the Northeast. Uh, a lot of tight lies, you know, a lot of the times where the grain kind of comes at you, nothing to do with the fact that they just don't have a drainage system or whatever the hell yeah. happened there. But yeah, I, what is that baseball? I don't know Z. Cause also, I mean, baseball doesn't really play through the elements that well right and some of that is the drainage but it's also dirt so like when dirt becomes mud i don't know what you're gonna do to combat that i think well the only like i would say just throw it in the outfield you don't throw it on the infield really you that's you play that different situation but you play it in the outfield and then you don't have really the whole outfield being a sloppy mess or with the snow and stuff like that and drainage so that was just something i thought maybe that i never thought why MLB teams didn't look into that, especially the Northern Exposure team. That's a good point. I Yeah, I don't know. I'll go back to, I just don't think they play through much anyway. Once it rains, it rains, and they're usually out of there. But It's probably it's probably because they're generational things, you know, like how actually, David from Monona would say. That's a great point. Our generation, Grant, unable to play baseball in the elements. Appreciate it, Z.
Thank you. Yeah, I suppose we are. Uh, We're kind of soft. I have a, a significant update when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. Yes, sir. And their availability at practice for a bunch of key players, uh, many of whom we have already talked about on this show. I'm going to tell you what that is next. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. Couple segments left to go before we're out of here. It's the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael's show, couple segments before we are out of here. Grant Bills and I will be back tomorrow. We will be back on Friday, previewing the weekend. I have proclaimed tomorrow as the honorary Bears Suck Day. We'll do all those festivities that we normally do on Bears Week. It doesn't, Grant, does it feel fully like Bears Week right now? I like I don't know. I'm not all the way no. into the season yet, because it's week two. Like, normally we wait a little bit. We have some storylines develop. The Bears won week one. We don't think they're that good. We don't know totally what to expect. I'm just not in the swing of the season. It doesn't fully feel like Bears week. Agreed. And my mind at the moment rests with the Brewers because they have Corbin Burns going against the Cardinals tonight, and Corbin Burns owns the Cardinals. Now, he doesn't need to say it. He just lets his play do the talking, Um, just like Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. So, no, I, I don't feel like it's Bears week because, it's again, just the first week of the season, and I'm pretty locked in on the Brewers tonight. I'm very excited, actually, to go home and watch this game. So the big note that I mentioned entering break, Rob Domofsky, ESPN, tweets out a couple injury updates. Number one, Alan Lazard, wide receiver, practicing today for the first time since he got stepped on two weeks ago. Great sign there. They need whatever help they can get. Number two, David Bakhtiari and Ellen Jenkins both going through individual drills, though the team session was closed to the media. So uh, they're out there. We don't know how much. Quay Walker and Kayshawn Nixon, excuse me, both back from the in-game injuries they suffered. Runyon, concussion, did not play. Uh, The Runyon thing, definitely something to monitor. That'll dictate how the Packers shape the line. Uh, Question whether we see Tom out there, kind of what the line looks like. A line that has to be better, a matchup against the Bears, not as challenging as the Vikings, but overall good news on the injury front. I don't expect to see Bakhtiari and Jenkins on Sunday. Rappaport said the same yesterday. All the indications are that it could be a week three proposition, but then you're kind of throwing them into the fire. Here's what I don't get, Grant, is I I don't get when it's good to bring them back because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they're great anywhere, it's along the defensive front and with what they can do pressuring the quarterback, you're throwing them into a fire against the bucks and it's the NFL, right? You don't usually need a, a ramp up period with getting back and uh, depending on who you play, but I, that's a tough situation. It's really a lose, lose proposition, right? Either you bring your tackles back in week three and you throw them into the fire or you hang everyone else out to dry against a really good defensive front, the Tampa Bay, when you're down two tackles. The thing is, when a player comes back from an ACL injury, they've been ready for months, 
right? It's not like, like in the NBA, when a guy comes back from an ACL injury and dunks in his first game and everybody loses their mind, it's like, guys, it's probably dunking months ago, right? So I guess I wouldn't worry too much about bringing them back in a tough matchup because you, you got to get them back on the field at some point and they've been ready physically for a while. And Bakhtiari's been out for two years. Like week three, week four, whatever, dude. I don't care who you're going up against. When it's time for you to come back, you got to come back. So I'm not too worried about throwing them into the fire, I guess, to use your words against Tampa Bay. But I get it. Yeah. Uh, the Lazard thing, I mean, you need him out there because I anybody that can make Rodgers confident in the rest of the unit, I want there. I, I think it could be there is the personal wide receiver thing, right, where if you put Devontae out there, Rodgers will go to him a lot. But I also think there's something to be said about the wide receiver room as a whole, where there were a lot of looks on Sunday where Rodgers just went check down, check down to Dylan. Some of them designed, some of them not. When I, I think he had an overall kind of distaste with what the receiver room was doing. Is that a crazy well, a thing to say? Mistakes. Yeah. Mental mistakes. I, they didn't uh yeah. they didn't buy into the why. The why. They didn't get the why. Um Man, I don't know. Just having Lazard out there will make a huge difference. But also, I don't know that Rodgers' issue is a lack of receivers that he trusts. I think our issue, the Packers' issue at the moment, is that Rodgers won't throw the ball to a wide receiver who's open if he doesn't trust that guy. And that's a connection that's going to need to happen. Like, Rodgers this season is going to have to throw to guys that he doesn't trust because he doesn't really have a choice. And if Lazard comes back and Rodgers is just going to spam the ball to him 12 times a game, okay probably will move the ball and score some points, but I don't know if that is a solution for what really plagues this Packers offense through one week. Yep. 877-867-1670. The Quay Walker and Kayshawn Nixon stuff, that is obviously terrific news. Quay Walker looked good, man. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Defense as a whole, the breakdowns obviously happened far behind him. I thought generally really good stuff from him in his first NFL game. Devontae Wyatt being a first-round pick and not being ready to play yet isn't the best news ever. Like I've said, it's good that you don't need him to play because you're so deep up there and talented, and you bring in Jerron Reed even to bolster that unit. I'm sitting here, though, with like, if, if, if he's that not ready to play, is it a little concerning, given that's a first-round pick? Kind of. I, I forget well, which pick. They traded Devontae for, I, I think it was the Wyatt pick. The first one technically was what you traded Walker, for Devontae. Walker was the first pick. That oh, yeah. Was the, okay. That was the Raiders pick. So the most concerning part, I mean, defensive line is a tough place to contribute right away. Also, it's worth mentioning Wyatt's 24. Like, he's an old player to come into the NFL. Like, Kenny Clark, I think, came into the NFL at age 21. Wyatt's 24. So you'd like to think that he can contribute sooner rather than later. I don't really know. It's tough for Wyatt because he joined this team at a time where they all of a sudden wanted to invest in the defensive line. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, we're going to draft this guy, but also we're going to sign a guy. It's like when they drafted Rashawn Gary only to turn around and sign, you know, Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith or whatever order it happened in. I'm sure the, what, what's first. I think free agency is first, correct? So it's it's been a pattern with the Packers. All of a sudden they want to address a position and that includes a draft pick that because they're addressing the position doesn't have to play right away. Yeah. Except for inside linebacker where Quay Walker, the early returns yeah. definitely are terrific.
there. 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, do it. The early spread, Packers bears 10.5 points. I've seen 10 some places. I saw 9.5 in one place. 10.5 sitting, like I said before the Wisconsin-Washington State game, 17.5 felt like a little bit too many points. And Zach and I both took, Zach Heilprin and I both took Washington State in our picks. Ten and a half, even though it's in Lambeau at night and the Bears aren't great, ten and a half kind of feels like a lot of points. It's because it is a lot. It's a ton in the NFL, right? Ten in college isn't as much. Look, ten points is weird, man. The Packers could be up by 21 in the fourth quarter and they give up a, a broken play touchdown and, you know, the Packers fumble on the 20 and then they give up a you know, a garbage time touchdown. And all of a sudden, you know, the game is way closer than it looked. That's why betting's so damn hard. Would you take the Packers minus 10 right now? No. Against the Bears Sunday night football, it feels like if there's one team that you would lay 10 with, it would be the Bears. But after last weekend, I don't know that I would. So I I was looking around the rest of the NFL for this weekend. The Niners are nine and a half point favorites at home against the Seahawks. And that kind of feels like the Seahawks win. Everyone overreacts. They think they're good. And then the Niners just bludgeon them. So I think I like the Niners, even with the points, though I wouldn't take it. The spread's too big for me. But here's some context. The New York Jets with Joe Flacco at quarterback after getting demolished by the Ravens are visiting the Browns at noon. Do you want to guess what that spread is? Let's see. Jets at Browns. Yes. And with Uh, obviously no Deshaun Watson, the Browns. They beat the Panthers. They didn't look great doing it, but I mean, roster top to bottom. Uh, this shouldn't even be a contest. I mean, the Jets looked horrendous last weekend. Is it? Um, is it noon? Cleveland four and a half. Wow, it's six. I thought you were going to go bigger than that. Well, it can't be much bigger. The Browns aren't any good. Like they don't have a quarterback. Six, six is still a lot. Do you know what a middle finger that is to the Jets? I mean, they don't have a quarterback, but they could just run up and down the field all game. I don't know what the Jets can do to stop it. And roster-wise, top to bot, like, can Flacco do anything at this point? I'm inclined to say no. So, like, the the 10.5 points, um, here's another one. Broncos at home against the Texans. What do you think the line is there? 330, CBS. Mm. Broncos, Texans at Broncos. Texans, I don't know. Let's say Broncos minus six and a half. Ten. They're getting really? ten points. Exactly. It's I, Some of it just feels weird. A lot of big numbers. This one just stuck out to me as the weirdest one I've ever seen. Cardinals at Raiders, 330. <laughs> CBS. Oh, Cardinals Gross. at the Raiders. That's a chaos game. This could be a pick em game. And I like, let's see, Raiders at home. I don't know. Raiders minus two and a half. Five Three. and a half. Shut up. Exactly. It it feels weird. Like that game feels closer. The Bears and the Packers, I, the Packers are a much better team. I, just, I can't buy into 10 points right now. I'm not laying. Dude, I, as, a, as a rule of thumb, if a spread gets above four, I'm not, I'm not betting it. I just don't want to lay that many points ever in an NFL game. Yeah, I'm with you. It's easier to do it in college. I would lay six in Cleveland. Uh, There's also another note I neglected to mention earlier. 
The Lions are a favorite this weekend for the first time in 24 <laughs> games, a season and a half, one and a half Point points and a half. at home one and a half. against the commanders who are visiting. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the commanders in that one. How about this? Uh, defending AFC one seed off a loss to the Giants. Gross. Are in Buffalo on Monday night football. The Titans at the Bills. Monday night? Yep. Bills have had a long time to rest. So Rest versus rust. That's the old discussion. Yeah, I, I don't know about that <laughs> one in this game. <laughs> but I, I, I do hear you. What is it like? No, nah, it can't be that many. The Titans still get a little bit of public respect. They have Derrick Henry, who everyone loves. Ten and a half? Ten. Yeah, that one was okay. spot on. But I these big numbers, I just... It feels like this early in the season, given the overreactions we see, and Vegas does not overreact. They are more, obviously, objective when it comes to all of this. I just... I I can't buy into the spreads that are this large. Um, and, the, and the Packers are one of them. Yeah, the comp that I keep using for this game, I think I... I think I talked about this with Bill yesterday and with Ebo on Tuesday, which I guess is yesterday. Days all start to run together. I'm thinking of this upcoming Bears game like I like I remember Packers-Lions week two last year, which was, I'm looking back at it now, it was 11 and a half point spread. And I believe the Lions, the Lions were leading at halftime. 17-14, yep. Yep, and then the Packers scored 21 unanswered to win the game, and they, they cover by a mile. But I think this Packers-Bears game could feel a lot like Lions Packers a year ago that was Monday night football where it it kind of feels harder than it should be probably and the Packers have to work for it a little bit but they eventually pull away that being said what did you say the spread was 10 and a half against the Bears that's yep. a lot of points I don't like that so I'm finding the Lions Packers game I'm gonna give you one very clear thing that was different uh between that game and this there is a, a player at the top of the stat sheet that accounted oh for a lot of the Packers' success. Devontae Adams, eight receptions, 121 yards. Yeah. Now, I will note, Aaron Jones had a terrific game. Um, this was the day he had uh, 67 rushing yards, a touchdown. He had three receiving touchdowns. He went nuts against the Lions that night. That is what we need to see, I, I think, from the offense against the Bears. But, I mean, part of that instant uh, kind of return to dominance that we saw from the offense is the fact that, I mean, Devontae Adams was unguardable completely. Dude, Jared Goff was Detroit's leading rusher in this game. He had 46 yards rushing and only four carries. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's it's weird. It's not like they didn't give the ball to DeAndre Swift. Swift got eight carries, Williams got seven, and neither one got over 40 yards. That's bizarre. Unfortunately for me, the Lions have brought in a bunch of receiving help with Chark, and they had that kid Josh Reynolds. Obviously, Amon Ra is a stud. Yeah. Quintez Cephas has kind of fallen down the pecking order after the injury last year, but he toasted the Packers in this one. And I, yeah, I did, did sit back and smile a little bit because that dude is a baller. And we should. He made my guy Jack Cohn look very good. Uh, we are, as I've said previously in the show, we are woefully late for a break where we stand today. <laughs> there is a final segment. That's Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Back in a few. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready to host the Bears Sunday night. Chicago's defense got after quarterback Trey Lance six times in their 19-10 win over the 49ers with two sacks and four quarterback hits. The Packers have to do a better job protecting Aaron Rodgers than they did against the Vikings, and there could be some changes on the offensive line. Backup center Jake Hansen struggled at right guard. Matt LaFleur. Jake's had an outstanding camp, and we just thought he was one of the top five at, at the moment and there was a lot of good things and then there were some things that were not so good and I think by and large that was pretty much how we played up front for the most part uh, I thought Josh Myers had a pretty solid game but everybody else there's some moments of good and some not so good running back Aaron Jones only had five carries against Minnesota does he feel underutilized uh, no I mean I can affect the game in other ways as well so whether it be pass protection catching the ball out of backfield or running it uh just being there and being there for my team and my teammates and uh, if it's them who are having a great game or going off then um, and helping us and I'm doing my part then so be it. It doesn't matter how many times I'm touching the ball as long as um, I'm out there contributing to helping my team win. Jones asked does he need to speak to the coaches or Lafleur about calling his number more this week? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not that kind of uh, that kind of guy. I just hope that my, like, my actions say that for me because uh, I'm not the type to hey give me the ball or things like that, but my actions will speak louder. That's Packers running back Aaron Jones. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. We will be back tomorrow in the We Hate the Bears Day of the Week uh, because it is Bears Week, and the Bears are undefeated. And in first place, if you want to put it that way, I'm sure some in the area of Chicago land have, uh, at least up to this point. Tonight, though, the Brewers are in action. I, I'm sure we'll touch on this game tomorrow. 645 at uh, the St. Louis Cardinals Bush Stadium. Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Adam Wainwright opposing him again. I think him and Molina, Grant actually broke the record or will tonight for most battery games together in terms of one pitcher and one catcher and it will be history so cool <laughs> cool stuff there nobody really cool I, the brewers broadcast will probably do a special half hour tribute to it because they love paying homage to all of our rivals i mean it's cool i'll sit here and say it i i don't like adam wainwright he has uh been an enemy of you know teams i've followed forever but a, a guy doing it that late into his career in today's era of pitching and baseball I do have a lot of appreciation for generally Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, really the one guy on the Cardinals with a lot of success against Burns. He's nine for 27 in his career with the home run. Paul DeYoung as well. uh, 16 at bats hitting 313 on the Brewers side. Andrew McCutcheon in his career. Keep in mind, a lot of this was with Pittsburgh 77 at bats against Wainwright, which is a lot sitting 325 with three bombs off him. Omar Narvaez has hit him well. And then up and down, a bunch of eh, performances. Luis Arias has found success. So I I don't know. What do you expect tonight? Another Burns domination, and then the bullpen finds a way to send it away? I think Corbin Burns is going to pitch seven innings tonight. I think we're getting down to it. It's time. Corbin Burns is 2-0 this year against the Cardinals with a .43 ERA. Team is 3-0 in the games that he has started against St. Louis. I think tonight is Corbin Burns' defining moment of the season or one of the defining moments of the season. And the offense keeps it rolling after last night. That's what I think we're going to see. I think this team's humming right now. Yeah. Fan mode is back. 
Yes, 100%. Fan bills. All in on Corbin Burns just dominating. I asked you what you... You said he's going to go seven innings like that's a surprise. I feel like he is Mr. Seven Innings. Yeah. And if he is under 9,500 pitches, Council should let him. I agree. I might clip that. Send it to the morning show, guys. Let him pitch. Hashtag let him pitch. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk Bears Packers. Talk about what to expect coming up this weekend, everybody. Enjoy your Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to go golf. Grant, enjoy yourself watching the Brewers tonight. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging around. See ya. Thank you, Ben. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.